You are listening to the PFG Vibecast. I am your co-host, Julie Voigt, and with me as always is Mr. Russell Baxter. Russell, take it away. Well, hello everyone and welcome to episode number 35 of the PFG Vibecast. I am Russell Baxter. Please say hello to PFG Vibe co-founder and SI pro football guru writer, Julie Voigt. Well, hello, everybody. And hello, Mr. Baxter. Well, hello there. And um, quite the week of games. And not necessarily a great week if you were looking for competitive games last week. Um, although, we, you know, we had some comebacks. You know, the, the Niners came back against the Cardinals. And we saw uh, Minnesota come from way down, 20 nothing, to beat the Broncos. And speaking of one of those non-competitive games, I wanted you to talk about uh, the Jacksonville-Indianapolis game uh, in Indianapolis because, as usual, you had a bird's-eye view. And you also had – you did a little homework before the game, Julie. I did. I, I love homework. Um, I thought it was – a great game all around. You had the returning of a couple quarterbacks as well. You had Nick Foles coming back after his injury since I believe it was week one, correct? Correct. And when he went down against the Chiefs, yeah. Right. And then we had the return of Jacoby Brissett. Um, he had missed the two games. And with those two games that he did not play in, of course, the Colts were um, losing. So we had them both come back. And wow, what a comeback this was for the Colts. You had a great team effort on all aspects. You had great defense because defense stopped the run from the Jaguars. I mean, I saw nine total rushing attempts with only 29 yards, which was Mm -hmm. the fewest in, in history pretty much. And of course you had the offensive line. They went in with the run game. The run game, and, and of course, leading that with Marlon Mack until he had gotten hurt. Of course, he now has a broken hand. Um, but then, next man up, of course, you had, um, of course, you have to be ready. And you had John, Jonathan Williams come in and there. And between him and Marlon Mack, both of them had over 100 yards rushing. Um, of course, Vinatieri. I sat there um, before the game, got there way, way early, was watching them practice, and I happened to glimpse Vinatieri and his crew out there practicing, and he was just nailing it out there, and for some reason, I had this this feeling like he's just going to be nailing it all day throughout the game, and sure enough, he was 5-5, five five. it was a great effort, the Colts won by, it was 33-13, and nothing like you know, a few points like they have been. It was just a great team effort. It was a divisional game, which was needed most. It was a very impressive showing, you know, of course, Frank Reich's always out there talking about, you know, run the ball, stop the run, and win turnovers. And they went out there, they gave it their all. That was a great turnout. Yeah, it was a completely balanced effort on both sides of the ball. Um, they dominated in the trenches, um, and you know it doesn't. I, I I believe it doesn't go down as officially as a turnover, but of course they picked off Nick Foles and ran it back for two points. Um, mm-hmm. The end of the game to, to cap off the scoring. You've got um, 
Evan, as you point, did not miss a kick, didn't miss it during the warmups, as you noticed. And I'd love to, mm -hmm. uh, at least one photo that you sent that showed Adam Vinatieri still warming up um, while there were other people on the field that had nothing <laughs> with football. And I, as I told you off air, you know, I can think of the band is on the field. Okay. Right. Pretty and much. <laughs> and for Cal and so on. But, you know, it, it showed his concentration. I wonder if he even knew those people were on the field. And so I'm sure he did. And obviously he didn't hit any of them. But mm -hmm. the I wanted to recap that is because I wanted to talk about the Colts because the Colts and the Texans are going to get ready to kick off week 12 um, on Thursday. And you know, we've had a year this year um, where we haven't had a lot of head-to-head -head big time matchups and at least not yet. Okay. Um, but boy, the ditch that changed this week of uh, we two battles between first place teams. Uh, we have the hottest team in the league facing a team that went to the Super Bowl last year. And we, of course, we've got Indianapolis and Houston in Houston. Um, and of course, Houston was Indianapolis's favorite place to play last year, other than home, because they, right. won, they won there twice last year. Um, it was funny. It, the Texans were 0-3, beat the Colts at Indy. The Texans then won nine in a row. Who stopped their winning streak? The Colts in Houston. And then, of course, they met in the playoffs. Uh, what are your thoughts about this game, Julie, which to me is really big for Houston because the one thing about the Colts, the Colts are 3-0 in the division, and there's a lot to be said for that. Well, definitely this is going to be one of those games where I, I'm not even sure if it's going to determine – you know, the outcome of what the playoffs is, because of course, I've said it many times, the AFC South is so unpredictable. I was even hearing um, reports off the TV, and I really wish I could know who the gentleman was, but actually said the, um, the Titans were going to win the AFC South. And here I'm thinking, you have this <laughs> matchup right here between Houston and Indy, two great quarterbacks, and then you have the Titans. And if only, you know, things were perfect for them. We know injuries hinder them sometimes. This is a very important game. Right now, they're both six and four. I believe Indy is three and oh in the division. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see who definitely will get first place. But this, this division is just so up and down. I, I even told you in the last podcast as well, I never underestimate the Jaguars. Their defense can show up out of nowhere. It's just very, very, you know, wishy-washy. But this matchup on Thursday night is just going to be great. You have, of course, we have a couple of injuries from the last game with Marlon Mack in his hand. Um, but we also have Pierre Desir coming back. We also have T.Y. Hilton. Now, we know the stories with T.Y. Hilton in Houston. He pretty much dominates Houston when he's out there. And just this week, just reading about him, he wanted to play. I don't think he cared who cleared him. I think he was just going to go out there and play right. and give it his all because he usually does, and he's got a great show out every time he enters Houston. Well, I, I, I didn't get a chance to count how many Hiltons are actually in the city. <laughs> but I know there's going to be an extra one there. And uh, 
this game, like I said, this game is very, very important. And, and I wrote a piece for NFL Spin Zone talking about, uh, you know, we always hear the term, Julie, copycat league. Well, the Texans, in some ways, I think, are a copycat team. Mm-hmm. And I think they've learned to copy the, t- the, the Indianapolis Colts. When a team beats you twice in your own building, that's something you keep an eye on. But the similarities between these teams are, are mind-boggling. Now, we mm-hmm. Colts turned around their offensive line last year drafting a, a lineman in the first round, Quentin Nelson, and a lineman in the second round in Braden Smith. So what did the Texans do this year? They drafted an offensive lineman in the first round and an offensive lineman in the second round. As I was telling you before, the Colts are fourth in the league right now in rushing. That's outstanding. Uh-huh. They're fifth. And the Texans are doing it now. Now, last year they were respectable. They were eighth right. in the league. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, eighth in the league in rushing last year. But it was Lamar Miller and a lot of Deshaun Watson. It's not saying Deshaun Watson isn't still doing his thing, but boy, Carlos Hyde has really made an impression on that running game, along with Duke Johnson as well. So this could be, you know, I, I, I know the game starts at, uh, what, 8.20 Eastern time? Mm-hmm. Game could be over by 10 o'clock. This could be, <laughs> it could be a lot of running in this game. But to me, it's monumental for Houston because if the Colts win – they complete the sweep. They go to 4-0 in the division. They drop Houston to 2-2 two and two in the division. And um, lurking, as you already alluded to, are both the Titans and the Jaguars. So we shall see, yeah. but it, it's, it, it, it should be fun. It's a great way to kick off the week. And speaking of the week, um, your vibe, PAT player of the week offensively, was Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. And um, Dak Prescott who is trying to become the first, my research, Cowboys player to lead the league in passing yardage. Okay. Now, the franchise has been around since 1960. They go into New England, the face who last year, as we saw, um, or last week, as we saw, did get the kind of their act together against the run and, and stifled Philadelphia. They were down 10 nothing. They didn't allow another point in the game. Um, so you've got a hot quarterback and a hot passing game against a very opportunistic secondary. Well, we see a lot of Zeke Elliott. Julie, what do you think about Dallas at New England, uh, the later afternoon game on, on Sunday? Well, you know, of course, there's been reports of possibly the Patriots offense kind of, you know, getting a little bit shaky right there. And then you have the Cowboys. But of course, you know, as much credit as we can give the Cowboys, they're also that unpredictable team where they can also Mm -hmm. go from one way and completely be night one night. And then in the next game, they're a day. You really can't predict it. And of course, with the Patriots, even though they won last week, I understand that they still came off as if like it was like they needed something to work on. It wasn't like a full win for them. it's an, it's like you don't know what Texans or I'm sorry Dallas team is going to show up so that that would be probably one of the good games to be watching but you just don't know who's going to show up <laughs> I think that's a per- the perfect way to put it too Dallas has been wildly unpredictable they've gotten mm-hmm. low starts their defense which was supposed to be uh it has not really looked like the same defense that it did a year ago, and, and you know, 35-27, they beat Detroit. They lose to Minnesota 38, I'm sorry, 28-24. They're giving up a lot of points. 
And, um, they're, you know, it's, it's been more about Dak Prescott offensively this year so far. I'm not taking anything away from Ezekiel Elliott, but, you know, right now the, the focal point of their offense has been the passing game. By the way, uh, for Cowboys fans, um, it's not the worst thing in the world not to lead the league in passing yards because in the 53-year history of the Super Bowl, no player has ever led the league in passing yards, and his team won the Super Bowl the same season. Hmm. Yeah, that's a that, – that's a – my friend Chris Myers says, hey, that's a wow. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. that is a wow. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Well, speaking of a wow, a uh-huh. wow is – don't you – I love the flex schedule, the ability <laughs> to do that. And you, you – listen, when you have a game like Seattle at Philadelphia – Slated for mm-hmm. night, Julie. And that's a pretty good game. Oh, yes. But it gets bumped for the Green Bay Packers at the San Francisco 49ers. I don't to tell you the magnitude of that game. And just like Dallas and New England, it's two teams leading their division. And obviously, um, San Francisco has the best record in the NFC, tied for the best record in the NFL. Green Bay, um, well-rested after last mm-hmm. Um, heading out there, um, this has got, you know, playoff ramifications written all over it, you know, not only in terms of them holding off teams. And, and, and it's funny because they're both being pursued rather closely, okay? Yes. Uh-huh. Seattle is right on the tail of the San Francisco 49ers. Minnesota is right behind the Green Bay Packers. So this is a monumental game. Uh, I know it's going to get billed as Aaron Rodgers versus – Jimmy Garoppolo in some corners, but um, what do you think, Julie? What's the part of this game that you're going to be looking at the most Sunday night? I feel like Green Bay is a lot like Dallas. You don't know who's going to show up. Um, Of course, with Green Bay, um, honestly, I'm shocked that they're still atop of the AFC North only because – Yes, I know they've won games, but there's been a few where you think that they were going to actually lose and they come back Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a lot like an ugly win type thing. So, you know, uh, like you said, there's a lot of playoff implications on this. Um, You have teams for both the 49ers and the Packers right on them. It could go either way. Um, It's going to be a very interesting matchup. I really, you know, it might end up being, you know, offense versus offense with Aaron Rodgers and Garoppolo. Well, I could certainly see that because, um, you know, Green Bay's defense is better than it was last year. You know, uh, uh-huh. Adrian Amos and, and uh, I guess they call them the Smith brothers, um, uh, Zadarius Smith and, and Preston Smith. Okay. Um, my, when I think of the Smith brothers, I still think of cough drops. So, uh-huh. you know. <laughs> And then, of course, you know, Nick Bosa was the second uh, pick in the draft, okay? So, um, guys who – all three of these guys can rush the passer. Preston Smith's having the dynamite year. Uh, Nick Bosa's changed the mentality of that team. And Mm -hmm. – but one thing, they both have kind of a flaw, and that is stopping the run. Green Bay is 25th in the league against the oh. San Francisco is 20th in the league against the run. 20, it's funny. It, San Francisco is 20th against the run and first against the pass. 
one of my favorite adages I used to say is, you know, why fly when you can drive? So, mm -hmm. and if you're not able to stop the run, inevitably you're going to have trouble um, stopping everything. And I, I think you've seen San Francisco the last two weeks. They lost to Seattle at home. They struggled with Arizona at home. And I see Eileen with you. I think this is going to be probably more of an offensive shootout than people uh, may think. And I know, they, well, what do you mean? I mean, it's, it's Rodgers and Garoppolo. Well, Rodgers had a dynamite year, and he's relied on a lot of new people, uh, really taking bigger roles, Aaron Jones staying healthy, uh, a different receiving core and so on. Jimmy Garoppolo has had turnover bug this year, okay? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, hasn't had – great games you know for, fortunately for him he's played the cardinals twice and i'm and, you know, i'm not taking a shot at the cardinals or anything like that but arizona has given up a ton of touchdown and here's one for you jimmy garoppolo's thrown 18 touchdown passes this year he's thrown eight in the two games against the cardinals and 10 against everybody else so this to me is going to be very interesting jockeying for position uh we'll see how it goes and obviously the vikings and the seahawks are keeping a very, very close eye on what's happened. Seattle would have already played at Philadelphia mm -hmm. earlier today. That game was moved to 1 o'clock. Um, and, and I guess a little cherry on the Sunday, on Monday, is the hottest team in the league in the Baltimore mm -hmm. Rams against Los Angeles Rams, who were in the Super Bowl last year, uh, who beat the Bears on Sunday night last year. So they're back in prime time and so on. Uh, Lamar Jackson, um, who's had an – amazing year running and throwing the Ravens mm -hmm. are who could threaten the NFL record for rushing yards in the season by a team. He's threatening um, the NFL record for quarterbacks rushing yards um, in a season. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on Baltimore at the Rams, Julie boy? You know, and I think I mentioned this on the pat on the back this week, because I did choose the Baltimore Ravens as my team of the week. They're a really scary team. I think they could really get a lot of great things done. And Lamar Jackson, my goodness, um, definite um, candidate for the MVP. This is going to be a great matchup. Um, you have Lamar Jackson, you know, just just being a monster. And, and, and everyone around them, they built that team around and they're doing great things. and. I just, I, I see a great matchup. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, it's, it's a definitely a, a, a styles matchup. Um, we've seen this Ram defense be very, very unpredictable. They've been a lot better against the run than they have in previous years. Um, and it's funny, the, the defense has played a little better for them this year, and it's the offense that's had its problems. Um, you know, I, I don't want to say that people have caught up to the Rams, um, but their offensive line, be it injuries or inefficiency, has been a real problem from there. This year, Todd Gurley, we, you know, we've seen him at times look like Todd Gurley, and at times he hasn't. So um, it's a tongue. I mean, the Rams, I think, they obviously need the game a lot more than Baltimore does. Not that that means anything in the National Football League. I mean, you, you, you think about – where the Rams are at. They're sitting at six and four. Okay. Typically mm -hmm. they'd be tied with the Cowboys. Okay. Atop the NFC East. They'd be 
tied with the Texans and the uh, Colts in the AFC. Mm -hmm. But not only are they not in second place, they're in third place in their division. And it, it kind of makes you think that, are we going to see a team in this league? Um, and we've seen it in the last couple of years, every once in a while, a team maybe win 10 games in the NFC and not make the playoffs. I think it's certainly possible. I'm not saying that's going to be the Rams, because there's mm -hmm. still an awful long way to go. But um, it's just interesting to watch what they were a year ago when they scored, what, 527 points, second most in the league, and one of the biggest totals in NFL history. And this year, they're just kind of, they're, they're going to struggle to score 400 points this year with the way their offense is playing. So, um, and uh, by the way, that's not any problem that the Baltimore Ravens are having scoring points. They, they've scored close to 160 points the last four games. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Yeah. Of, of, I'll throw out one more to you, Julie, of the games we talked about. And, mm -hmm. you know, especially the last three. Take out the Thursday game for an equation. Out of the equation for a second and so on. New England and the Cowboys. Green Bay, San Francisco. Ravens, Rams. Which one excites you the most? You know, all three of them really sound intriguing. And I'm so glad we have more than one TV to watch, <laughs> but, but I think, they're not all that you don't have to wear them being all at the same time too. I think exactly. So that's a great thing, but I'm really thinking the Cowboys and the Patriots because I, you know, I kind of want to see how the Patriots are, you know, like I said, they're, if they're faltering, can they take on the Cowboys? I think that would be the one and if not definitely it would be you know Green Bay and 49ers well it would change then, I'm sorry if New England struggles or even loses it would change the complexion a little um, right of the AFC you know Kansas City's hanging around I mean obviously if they if they lose and Baltimore wins Baltimore kind of vaults them because they beat mm -hmm. them head to head and so on and you're right because New England's been hard. Listen, their defense has been terrific. But mm -hmm, right. you, saw, you saw Tom Brady earlier this week. You know, he wasn't exactly doing cartwheels with the way the offense. I mean, they, they wound up kicking, what, three, uh, three field goals? And Julian Edelman threw the touchdown pass to Philip Dorsett, not Tom Brady, last week. Right. It's Green Bay, San Francisco because of the ramifications uh, mm -hmm. in NFC and so on. And I think anytime you get to see Aaron Rodgers play and the way he's distributing the ball and they're running the ball a lot better than they were last year. And they're running the ball a lot more often than they were last year. But uh, I, I, I could see that very easily being a game where there's big plays, both running mm -hmm. and passing because of the aggressiveness of the defenses. So, well, it's a really promising slate. It kicks off Thursday night with a great game down in Houston, a very, very important game. We've got, we're down to the final six weeks of the season. Um, a lot of divisional games coming up. There's a lot this week. There's a lot of rematches this week. Um, let the fun begin. And speaking of fun, it's always fun to talk with my friend and co-founder, Julie Voigt. And if you want to talk with Julie Voigt on Twitter, you can follow her at JulieNoted underscore PFG. You can find me at BacksFootballGuru. You can find us at PFG Vibe. And thanks so very much 
for listening to the 35th edition of the PFG Vibecast. Good night, everyone.